podcast land. You can set it out once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 57, featuring LFA Middleweight, just a few weeks ahead of his main event slot on LFA 98, January 29th. Josh Freem. I can't wait for you guys to hear that interview. He was awesome. Very, very cool. So let's go ahead and get into our schedule and intro for the day. So today's going to be another different kind of episode due to another Sahara Desert type of uh, landscape on the old MMA front. So we're going to do some fun kind of favorite lists of fighters in various uh, categories. Our main card picks for UFC Fight Night, uh, Fight Island 7, Q&A with members of the Rhino Gang. And then, like I said, the aforementioned Josh Freemed just three weeks before his middleweight main event slot on LFA 98. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. He's super duper cool. And I'll uh, get to know Josh Freem today. So we're going to go ahead and real early give Drea a call, D. Reigns, and we're going to get into our first topic that we're going to be going over on today's episode 57 of CSWR. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, the Rhino Gang now joining us as my feature to play, Andrea. We're going to be going over a few just kind of fun subjects I came up with to kind of um, see where we were at as far as some of our picks for some of these interesting <laughs> out there topics that the old Rhino came up with in his cabasa. So the first one is pretty standard, Dre. We're going to go over our, our five fave fighters of all time. Now, this only pertains to in cage. We are not talking about personalities, things they've said outside of the cage, any of those other things are just not admissible on this list. Just our favorite to watch fight in the cage. I'll go ahead and lead us off. My favorite fighter of all time, forever, never to be superseded, is my main man, the Iceman, Chuck Liddell, favorite fighter of all time. The knockouts, the reverse wrestling. Oh, my God, I love Chuck Liddell. So who is your <laughs> all-time number one favorite fighter? Feature player, Drea. My all-time is going to be the spider, Anderson Silva. His fighting style has always just had my heart. <laughs> so <he's> my number <laughs> one. Definitely love Anderson Silva too. Uh, my second fighter is going to be the most probably the most recent uh, on the entire all the rosters of uh, of MMA, and that's Justin Gaethje, dude. There's been no time in him in the cage where you're not like, holy shit. <laughs> right. That you're he not is, entertained. Uh, yeah. yeah for sure. Pressure with the leg kicks and with the punches. He gets hit a lot too, which is also like entertaining. What a chin on that guy. But yeah, Justin Gaethje, number two on my all time favorite in ring or in cage to watch. What about, what about you feature play, Andrea? My number two um, being that I am in Stockton has to be my man, Nate Diaz. Uh, he will always be in my top five. He's one of my faves. Uh, his his overall just fighting style, his demeanor, his bad boy kind of, you know, that gangster swag he has, even though he's not really gangster. It's just <laughs> that persona that he has. I just I just love it. He's from you know, my town. So I'll always support him as a fighter. So he's my number two. 209 and that's what's up. Um, <laughs> next one on my list is going to be Edson Barbosa. I, the moment I saw him throw his very first leg, it's the first time I saw him fight. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? 155 pounder. I mean, I know now he's dropped down to 145, but he spent almost his entire career at 155. And the amount of power he was able to generate into those leg kicks is just incredible. He His fight against Tony was unbelievable. That back-spinning wheel kick on Terry Adams' face, which knocked him out mm -hmm. into the zombie. Holy crap. Edson Barbosa, definitely number three for me. What about you? Um, my next fave is going to be GSP. I, he's 
he's my goat. Um, he'll always be in my top five, even though, you know, he's not active anymore. Uh, he'll always be in my top five fighters of all time. His, um, his fighting skills, his just everything. I've always loved him as a fighter. So GSP is going to be my number three. In a hilarious coincidence, Dre, my number four. Is GSP. GSP. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about GSP for me was it was he's probably the most well-rounded fighter we've mm-hmm. ever seen. Um, the fact that he did not grow up with any wrestling background and he became one of the best wrestlers we've ever seen in MMA just goes to show you what kind of a student he is and what kind of a work ethic he has for those types of things. The mm-hmm. the other part about GSP that I love was he fought the best of the best guys like 170 was deep when he was on his come up you know what i mean he fought everybody you can say the, the resume about the resume exactly yeah. and i think that's probably the biggest feather in anderson silva's cap as well is that as well. they literally fought the best of the best for a long time so number four for me is gsp who's next on your list drea my man cowboy cerrone uh he's not quite the fighter he once was but um the amount of fights he's had the people that he's fought uh his resume is definitely, you know, something he has something to show for for his career. So I I gotta keep the cowboy Cerrone in my top five. Cowboy was my favorite fighter for a very long time. I unfortunately he has gone far down the list for some, right. for some reasons. But my next on my list is going to be the greatest heavyweight, in my opinion, of all time, Fedor, the last emperor, Emilianenko. The dude went on a forever long streak of beating everybody they put in front of him, no matter what the organization was. I know people talk a little bit shit because he never came to the UFC, which obviously has the best talent. Um, but he didn't he didn't see the need to come over somewhere and take a pay cut, right? Mm-hmm. For him, it was a financial decision to stay where he was making way more money over in Pride than later in, uh, in Strike Force and back in Russia for their promotion. So, yeah, number five. My my favorite heavyweight of all time, the goat of all time, as far as heavyweight is concerned, with the Rhino's opinion, Fedor, the last emperor, Emelianenko. Who's last on your list? My final fave fighter. Um, I gotta go female, obviously. So I'm gonna go Rose Namunas, Thug Rose. I've always been a fan of hers. Her um, her skill set is just amazing. She's you know such a hard worker. She goes in and she gets things done, and she's. Um, always so humble. I've always liked that about her. You know, she's not the type to go in there and and have to shit talk and make a, you know, make, make the fight. She'll go up there and just be quiet. And then she proves everything in the ring. That's something that I've always loved about her. So, um, yeah, Rose Namajunas, that's, she's my, my favorite female fighter. I I love, honestly, I always think back when I think of Rose first, I think of the flying arm bar that she pulled off in Invicta which mm-hmm. was just one of the coolest submissions I've ever yes. seen in my life. So, yeah, huge ups to Rose Nama Yunus. Um, so we're going to do one bonus. Now, this okay. is not just in cage, Drea. This is in cage plus outside cage, overall persona, who's entertained you the most over the years, so on and so forth. And I'm going to stick with your with your hometown of the 209. Instead of <laughs> Nate Diaz, I'm going with Nick, Nick. Diaz. Absolutely. <laughs> Particularly 
strike force era Nick Diaz with his right. five million body shots that he would throw and his constant pressure and his always putting his hands out his chin forward going, whoa, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love Nick Diaz. Uh yeah, I'm a big Nick Diaz guy. So that's my that's my bonus. Do you want to pick a bonus for this category? I'm actually gonna go exactly the same. I nearly put Nick in my top five, but the whole his what he's had going on the last few years and hasn't been, you know, what he once was either in his drug use and alcoholism and all that kind of took him off my top five. But if that's all excluded and, you know, I don't know, I just, I'm going to keep him as my, my bonus. All He's one of my favorites as well. Absolutely. So another shout out to the 209 is that's what's up. All right. <laughs> so our next category is going to be uh, assuming that everybody was single what three fighters all time would we like to go out on a date with? Our, our, our date card is now full. We have three picks, three picks to make <laughs> for this. Um, I'll go ahead and lead off. My first one would be Michelle, the karate hottie Watterson. I've had a crush on her for several years. I, I, oh my gosh, she is just so beautiful. I knew she and was going to be your number. Of course, she is. <laughs> and, uh, I think she's a really great fighter. And I think she's funny and like all the all the nice outside of just her beauty things. I find very cool about her. So yes, number one is Michelle Waterson for me. What about you, feature play Andrea? Uh, my number one is going to be Robert Whitaker. I think. Oh, handsome, um, handsome. He's a handsome fella, and. <laughs> um, what else can I say? He's he's just a nice guy. I think it would be a nice date, have a nice conversation, pleasing to look at, you know, all of the all of the above. I think it'd be a great time. So, and don't forget the Australian yeah. accent you get to listen to. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So exactly. awesome. Great conversation. <laughs> I would just sit there all dreamy eyed listening. <laughs> sure, sure. Um number two for me is gonna be Angela over Kill Hill. Oh gosh, dude, when she when she talks, I, I find myself going into outer space of being, <laughs> uh, because I just, I, I don't know, there's something about her. She loves metal music, and she used to uh, dress up as Sagat, which was my favorite uh, video game as a kid, Street Fighter 2. Um, mm-hmm. I just find her very attractive, <laughs> and she, especially her, her tummy. She's got such a toned tummy, and I yeah. find her very, very attractive. Talk about it, but I think she would be, and she's extremely intelligent and funny and nice. I think she would be a really fun date to go on, so Number two for me is Angela over Kill Hill. Uh, number two for me is going to be Brian Ortega. T-City. Uh, yeah, T-City Ortega. So he, in my opinion, is a beautiful man. Um, I don't I think, know I how, think that's everyone's opinion. <laughs> I know. I, it's funny because yesterday, uh, yesterday there was a post on Twitter, and um, it was like your five or poster four Um sexiest fighters or whatever and of of course he was he was in my top four so um yeah i just i think it'd be fun he's he you know overall seems like a nice guy seems like you know it could be a fun date uh so yeah brian ortega my number all right that's a great pick for number two i absolutely would uh can see that one number three i'm a little bit more obscure i went both boxer and mma fighter i've got heather the heat hardy so longtime boxer <laughs> out of New York, uh, beautiful, beautiful woman, but also very tough, very badass, has shown her grit. She's been opened up bad in fights. She doesn't have a great Bellator record, so switching over to MMA, but I still think the the fact of like, just like Holly Holm did and just like some others have done, when you come from one sport to another, that's a big leap. 
That's really hard to do. They're not even close to being similar sports. It's apples and oranges. And she was able to do it, which I always really admire. She's really funny on social media. Um, and she's a, she's a take no shit kind of a gal. And I think the tough New Yorker would kind of be a fun date to go against my normally kind of mellow, soft demeanor. You know what I mean? Right. So she'd, be, she'd be fun to go with. So yeah, uh, number three for me is Heather Heat Hardy. What about you for number three? Uh, my third pick is going to be Randy Costa. His, this year for him has been amazing. He's really making, um, you know, making strides in the UFC. He's catching a lot of attention and definitely catching a lot of ladies attention. I've noticed on social media. So, um, he caught my attention. I know he's Rhino gang also. So, um, seems like he would definitely be a fun person to hang out with, um, you know, good conversation and just overall great time. So I'd like to go on a date with Randy Costa. Randy Costa, Rhino, gang, 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 gang. All righty. <laughs> our next subject we're going to go over is who we would like to marry into our family. So to be an in-law for the rest of our foreseeable lives, who are some fighters that we would love to marry into our family? Number one for me, Drea. Is mm-hmm. my guy Wonder Boy Thompson, the nicest motherfucker for a lot of reasons. Not only does <laughs> he have a great personality, he's funny. He will, I think he'd be fun to like pull pranks with and do jokes yes. with. Um, plus, he's like a really disciplined, just normal to out down to earth nice guy. So I would love, um, I would love to have Wonder Boy marry into my family, like he did with Chris Weidman. Or no, he didn't marry into, but He's an in-law of Chris Wyman and his name. I believe their siblings married each other is how I think that worked out. But, right. Yeah, number one for me is going to be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson <laughs> from South Carolina. What about you? That's funny you mentioned him because I wanted him to marry into my family and be my brother-in-law too. I'm like, he's like the most respectful man that I could think of, you know, like, okay, if I wanted my sister to marry someone like that would, that would be the guy. So um, I, everything you just said and some, you know, I just, I'd love to have him marry into my family. It seems like he'd be great person to have around for the holidays and just overall nice person. So uh, I got Wonderboy as well. Absolutely. Number two on my list is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I would love Mighty Mouse to be my brother-in-law because, A, I'm 42 and I love video games, but I have never gotten into the online video game world. You know what I mean? I just love getting like the UFC or football or boxing and just playing them, right? Like, that's what I like to do. But mm-hmm. Demetrius is like the man when it comes to online gaming. And I would love to learn that from him. A. B. He's the best smaller weight class fighter in the history of mixed martial arts. So I would love to, you know, just watch his work ethic and uh, see some of his behind the scenes kind of a stuff. Because I've always been in awe of what Demetrius is able to do with his 5'3", 125 pound frame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a genius. There's no other way around it. Mighty Mouse is a genius. So these are some reasons why I would love for Mighty Mouse Johnson to hypothetically marry into my family. What is your next pick, Drea? Uh, My next pick, and I'm actually going to do both of them at the same time because they kind of tie in together. Um, I'm going sister-in-laws, and my two favorite fighters that I could see just being awesome sister-in-laws and hanging out all the time and just doing fun things and dancing and training and all that would be Holly Holm and michelle waterson when you look at the videos that they post and it just seems like they have so much fun together and i'm like they do the stuff that i like like i mean i could just imagine training with them if they were my in-laws 
first off, but then the dancing part. Like I grew up dancing and I was in dance and hip hop dance. And I, I crack up whenever I see the videos that they post. Cause I'm like, that's like totally some shit that I would do. You know, <laughs> if I had sister-in-law, I mean, I don't have any sister-in-laws. So if I had sister-in-laws, those would be the type of, you know, the type of chicks that I would love to have around the house during the holidays. We'd be making up dances and, and doing all kinds of fun stuff like that. So. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm sure the wine would be flowing in all three. Oh yeah. It's a pretty it amazing. It would be a good time. <laughs> There'd be some pretty amazing TikTok videos that would come out of that one oh, yeah. for sure. Uh, my last one is uh, the aforementioned Anderson, the Spider Silva. And there's lots of reasons, but A, I'm just in awe of him too. Like just how good he was for as long as he was, for his skill set. I, I would love to pick his brain. That's A. B, I think he could teach me Portuguese better than, because I've tried learning a little Portuguese here and there. I just don't pick it up very well. And I think Anderson would be like like the best teacher. You know what I mean? Plus, he's hilarious. Do you remember back at his height when he was champion, how they would, he had a million things like behind the scenes, you know, like uh, documentaries about him and they would follow him around. And he was mm-hmm. so funny. He would dance and sing Michael Jackson and, Golly, dude! I just, I think, I think he'd be so funny to um, have in the family, and he would make exactly like you said. He would make holidays a lot more fun and exciting. So for me, number three, and my final answer for this one is Anderson Spider Silva. So to recap, I've got Wonder Boy, Mighty Mouse, and Anderson Spider Silva, and you have the Karate Hottie, Holly Holm, and also Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. I I was like I was really trying. Uh, that that was a hard question for me to to come up with. And I'm like, you know what? It's probably for me not going to have a whole lot to do with their skill set as fighters. More of just like who they are as a person and who I would really have just have to deal with for the rest of my life if they were married. Right. 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 I blended. I blended both guys. I love watching right. they fight. They have their personality. So all right, Drea. For the first time in a couple of weeks, God bless America. We get, oh, to make some, we get to make some picks. Yes. I know. This upcoming Saturday from Fight Island, uh, Fight Island number seven in Abu Dhabi, we have our main card picks for Cater versus Holloway. So I will go ahead and jump right in with a fantastic fight between two OGs, Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown. I am going Carlos Condit by late, and I mean late, third round TKO over Matt Brown. And I'm calling my shot. You ready? All right. I'm calling a shot of a knee to the face from the plum puts Matt Brown down after a nonstop back and forth battle. Third round TKO, Carlos Condit. What say you? I am going with Carlos Condit as well. Um, I do think it's going to be a good fight. It's going to go the distance, in my opinion. And Carlos is going to um, pull off a strong unanimous decision. All right. Next, we've got Mr. Highlight Reel himself. Joaquin Buckley versus Alessio de Chirico, I believe is how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. I've got Joaquin Buckley clean KO in the second over Alessio. What about you? Same thing. I'm going clean KO round two for our man Joaquin Buckley. For sure. The 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 multi-time Dre is drop of the night. Win. Yes. I'm definitely on that train. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <For> me, sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And the problem, the bummer is, like, I really like Impa Kasangane, too. Like, I really right. like that kid. I see oh, I know. That him. fight. And I that's know. unfortunate. That's what he's going to be forever I know. going for. But uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, I suppose. All right. Yeah. The, the long-awaited return of Santiago Ponsonibio versus Jin Liang Lee. I've got Ponce DBO after his long break, uh, beating the tough Lee by unanimous decision. What about you? Um, I have uh, 
Hans, I can't say his name for the long time. Ponzinibbio. Um, I'm going actually a KO round two. Oh, right. So we got KO over Lee. Okay. Then we've got Tom Breeze and Omar Akamada. Um, I've got Tom Breeze winning by unanimous decision. Clear cut unanimous decision. What's your pick on that one? Yeah, I'm going the same. He's definitely uh, my favorite in that one. I'm going unanimous decision for Tom Breeze. Okay, so we are in agreement on all four of those. Now, I think mm-hmm. I'm not sure about this one. I think it may be an opposite side of the fence. This <laughs> is one of those ones that we both are like, oh, no, because we like both guys. And I went back it. and forth. <laughs> I absolutely did, too, but I got to go with Calvin Cater, man. I'm going with the young mm-hmm. upstart. I'm going Calvin Cater, um, unanimous decision over Max Holloway in a very close back-and-forth fight, but I got Calvin Cater uh, winning, by, winning by unanimous decision. What about you? Oh my God. As tough as it was um, for me, I, I agree with you. I went back and forth and I, I really do not want Max to lose a third fight in a row, especially if it comes out to be a really close, close fight. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm with you on this and I'm going with Calvin Cater. I think he's going to do it. All right. So those are our main card picks for the upcoming. Thank God it's returning UFC card this coming Saturday from fight Island. All righty, Dre, let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions because there's unfortunately no Dre's drop of the night this week, but I'm sure we'll be able to do that next week to make up for it. So I know our first one comes from the the amazing, the funny, the talented, and Steffi Haynes. What do you got this week, Steph? Will you be sad when Jorge Masvidal leaves Twitter? Uh, no. quick answer right right Uh, i will no i will not care one bit if game brad leaves twitter i I very much enjoy watching him fight um but the out of the case stuff is just not for me dude so um yeah i definitely (laughs) i'm definitely fine with with not seeing or hearing about him on twitter uh he's not even on twitter that much i i mean recently i i guess you could say i could i wouldn't realize if he was there or not to be honest Gotcha. Yeah, I rarely see his stuff too, and usually it's retweeted. So um yeah. she has a she has a part two. What's part two of Steffi Hayes? <clears throat> Hayes uh, you sh- you should do some fantasy matchmaking for Jake Paul. Pick someone from every division that you'd want him to face for his first crossover fight. Ugh, Jake Paul. <laughs> I hate Jake Paul. <laughs> I know. So if he must come over for, for, for the question's sake, if he must come over to MMA, I'll give him his first couple of opponents. Um, I believe he, I believe his, and I'm saying fights with quotes because he fought a, a YouTube personality and a uh, retired basketball player for his first <laughs> pro fights. Um, I would say, I think he fought at 168. I believe that's what he weighed in, which is super middleweight in uh, boxing, which is very close to welterweight in MMA. So if I wanted, if he has to come over to MMA, I'm going to introduce him to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Because mm-hmm. I would love to see Wonder Boy just pick him the fuck apart for the entire time <laughs> until he couldn't take it anymore and then go down and never want to enter a UFC cage ever, 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 ever again. And then the other one I thought it would be um, Damian Maya because the same, but on the ground. So mm-hmm. as soon as the fight started, I think Damian would pull guard or, or shoot a double, take Jake Paul down, put his leg over his head, his, his hand in his mouth, and completely <laughs> annihilate and take, him. <laughs> yeah, and take his fucking limbs home with him. So those are the two people at 170 that I would love to see um, just destroy Jake Paul uh, in the cage. So do you have a, do you have a pick on that one, Drea? Uh, 
No, I'm with you on that. I, to be honest, the Wonder Boy fight, when you started talking, I thought, oh, my God, I would just love to see him head kick him and just knock him the fuck out. <laughs> see, I would want to see that, too, but I would, I would want to see about 100 kicks land before. True, like, like you know just, I mean? watch him pick him apart first and then have a just that ultimate finish of like a nice recap, like a kick. recap of a, like a replay of Johnny Hendricks fight with yeah. Wonderboy. Like this Wonderboy just fucking annihilated him all the time. That's what I would love to see. So that's a great And then finish kick. him with a head kick and then him stiff as a board just uh, hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, I'm like salivating <laughs> at the idea. So Stephanie Haynes from Buddy Elmo and from the Mookie Cookie Show. Um fantastic podcaster, razor sharp. Uh, mine not only for MMA but for life. I, I am just she is one of the people I absolutely look up to and consider my friend. So Steffi, thank you so much for those two questions. All right, number two comes from my girl Shaylin. What do you got for us, my dear friend? What matchups do you want to see in 2021? So there's several that I'd really love to see in 2021. Some are already booked, some are in talks, and some are just complete fantasy booking uh, on my part. So I'll, here's a few that I would really love to see. I would love to see John Jones versus Alistair Overeem. I think that would be a fantastic fight uh, at, in the heavyweight division, a great way to enter John into the heavyweight division, see how mm-hmm. his skills match up against another very crafty, bigger guy, a veteran who's just as tall as John, who has obviously a lot more experience in heavyweight uh, than he does. And I would love to see that fight. Another one would be Kevin Holland uh, versus both Jared Cannonier and or Darren Till. I think those are both be really exciting fights at 185 that I would love to see because I think Kevin Holland really is the truth. And I think he's coming and I would love to see mm-hmm. him get past those uh, those two guys on his way to the top. Next would be um, Amanda versus Bullet 3. So the Lioness versus Bullet Shevchenko 3, like I talked about a little bit last week. I think there's unfinished business there. I think they've already fought twice. I think Amanda won one. And I think even though she got both nods, I think Bullet won the second. So I would love to see them fight um, for a third time at 135. So that one for sure. Obviously, Whaley versus JJ2 has mm-hmm. got to happen. It right? has to happen. Has to. <laughs> you want to talk about, obviously, to me, and I think we talked about this, you and I, it's the greatest mm-hmm. female fight in the history of mixed martial arts. I mean, without question. And it's one of the top fights of all time anyway, regardless right. of gender. I mean, it was just a fucking incredible performance of skill, heart, and everything else that we love about fights. So definitely... Um, Whaley versus JJ two. Uh, speaking of rematches, I definitely want to go with Francis versus Stipe too. I would love to see that fight. I think Francis is a completely different fighter. Well, completely might be a stretch, but he's, he's, he's added a lot to the game. Yes. Um, he's made uh, some adjustments. He's made some strides, right? <laughs> so I'm gonna, I would love to see him versus Stipe too for the title. Uh, in Bellator, I would love to see, and I think this is on the books and it's going to happen. I would love to see my guy, AJ McKee, Versus Patricio Pitbull. I think they're on a collision course. Young versus old Lion. I think that's going to be such an interesting fight. I'm really looking forward to that on the Bellator side. Um, my girl, Sam Page. Sam Hughes. I want to see full camp. Sam Page. I don't care who it is. 115 pounder. Anybody in and around her ranking. Give Sam Page a full camp. I want to see my girl, Sam Hughes, who stepped in like a warrior short notice last time. I want to see Sam Page in 2021 fight the UFC at a full camp. That's for sure. That's Rhino Gang. Gang, 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 gang. <laughs> Those are some of the ones I would absolutely love to see in 2021. Shaylin, thank you so much, my dear Philadelphian friend. All right, let's move into question three. Comes from, well, it's kind of four because Stephanie's was a two-part. So we'll go to question four, which is Juice from not only the Fighting With Myself podcast, but breaking the fourth wall. What do you got for us this week? Juicy Fruit, baby. 
All right. One of my favorite segments that you've ever done on your show was highs and lows, where you would share stories from your boxing career and detail the highs and lows. Now, I'm not necessarily asking for some lows, but I'd love to hear some more fight stories, especially since I am totally a boxing fan now, having watched the entire <laughs> main card of Jones Tyson. <laughs> right now. Oh, my God. Uh, I love juice. I know. He's hard not to love. He's so funny. <laughs> So I'll do a high juice. Um, I'll talk about my, my pro debut, which I don't think I've talked about. I've talked about a couple other things, but so basically my pro debut um, was in Lansing, Michigan, which is our state capital. It was at a huge place called the Lansing center, which holds like thousands and thousands of people. Um, the whole process was really, it was the least nervous I've ever been for any of my pro fights, really, because I was just so excited to be there. Like I'd finally done it. You know what I mean? I finally made it. I wanted to be a pro athlete since I was a kid and I finally reached that stage. Right. So I had my music ready and I came out at the time I came out to uh, Johnny cash, but for the rest of my career, I went, I came out to Pantera walk, but I came out and the dude was a monster. I mean, six, four, six, five, 280. Um, he had kind of a soft belly, but he was a big dude and he'd already had 15 pro fights. So it was a really daunting task. Right. And I was pretty, so I was really comfortable and like just happy to be there. And then in the first round, obviously I got cracked with a few things. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm in a fight, you know? And the, the, the narrative was really experienced guy versus novice guy. I hit harder. He was a little craftier, right? Because of his experience. So the first round, I wasn't sure. I'd never gone three in a real fight before three minutes because the amateurs is two. So I tried to pace myself a little bit in the first round, and I realized that, like, I think he got the first round, and I think I was a little just too inactive, right? He wasn't super active either. But the second round, I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> you know? That's I, I, yeah, I was like, fuck <laughs> this. And I just, I, dude, I booked his ass all second round. I can't believe he didn't fall with some of the shots that I hit him with, dude. Like, uh, it was just like the movies. I very vividly remember a couple of left hooks, specifically like knocking uh, water spray off of his hair and, you know, and spit out of his mouth and, you know, pit bits of uh, Vaseline off of his head. Like, I really cracked him. And then like, I whipped, it, whipped his ass the whole second round. And then right at the end, he threw something that looked like it hit me hard, but it kind of slipped over. And uh, I heard the crowd go, oh, and I literally ever the showman, even my first row bite, turned around the crowd. I was like, no, that wasn't shit. I said, <laughs> like, that is not my normal personality, but dude, I did it. And um, so, yeah, then in the third, it was, <clears throat> I don't know, the third was closer. I thought, so again, I thought he won. Probably the first. I clearly won the second, like majorly. Um, I thought the third could have gone either way, and then I beat his ass again in the fourth. It, it, again, it was such a fun fight. Now, they gave him the split decision, which everybody booed, which made me feel great, right? So mm -hmm. I, I knew I won that fight. Everybody else knew I won that fight. Um, and again, it was against a much more experienced guy. I really enjoyed afterwards. You know, it was my first time. You see it in movies, and you see it in like where like the kids come up and they want an autograph from somebody. I never had that before. You know what I mean? And that actually happened in real life in front of my dad, who I've been constantly trying to impress my whole life. So a bunch <laughs> of kids coming up, asking for autographs, take pictures, stuff. That was just an, an amazing feeling. It was very very cool. It was a decent payday. So all things considered, even though it was a split decision loss, I knew I won. You know what I mean? I knew I won. Right. Fight. Everybody knew it was a great experience. I loved it. So yeah, dude, that was definitely a uh, a high, and there was lots of highs and lows from that point moving forward. But that was definitely a high. It was my uh, 
my first pro fight back in 09 in Lansing, Michigan. So thank you very much, Juice. If you guys haven't already, uh, absolutely check out, of course, his FWM pod about MMA. Or if you're into the theater, check out Breaking the Fourth Wall. His, uh, his passion absolutely comes through on the mic. And if you're into that, you will absolutely love it. So let's move on to our next one. Feature play, Andrea. Question four? No, five, right? Five. Five, five with our Holman Sale. My man, Brian, at Holman Sale. What do you got this week, dude? The MMA world is expanding to cover the globe in recent years. Besides the U.S. and Brazil, which country do you think has produced the most talent for high-level MMA promotions? That's a great question, dude. Obviously, the U.S. and Brazil are probably have the deepest and richest history, but I'm going to have to go with Russia, right? I mean, mm-hmm. between Fedor, like I, like I said before, he's, he's the heavyweight go, in my opinion. Obviously, I think Khabib is the greatest lightweight of all time. Petra Jan's the current 135-pound champ in the UFC. Vadim Nemkov is the Bellator 205 champ. Zabit, I think, might be a future champion in the UFC. So, uh, 145. So, yeah, dude, I got to go with Russia as probably being the third in line as far as, like, all time, right? And then right now, they're as hot as anybody, you know, as far as producing talent at the highest levels of MMA. So, yeah, I got to go with with Russia for sure, dude. So, great question, my friend. Uh, I know our last one comes from the homie RSP, Rage Sweet Potato. Drea, what has Rage Sweet Potato got this week? Dustin Poirier just signed a new eight-fight contract with the UFC, stating that he intends to compete at 170 going forward. He has obviously had far greater success at 155 than he did at 145. How do you think he will fare at welterweight? And who would you like to see him fight first at 170? I think about this in two different ways. One, and I've talked about this plenty of times on the show before, I like the idea of fighting closer to your natural weight class. And I'm sure Dustin probably walks around at 80 or 85 would be my guess. Um, I think it's going to be good for him physically, right? I think immediately he, he has a good chance for success in the first two or three fights. If he gets through those fights and ascends to the higher level, when you get into that top 10, top 12, I think it's going to pose a lot of problems. Dustin's like 5'9", and like I said, I bet he walks around about 180, 185. Some of those guys walk around at like 210, 215, 220, who fight at 170, right? So right. <laughs> physically, I think he'll feel better. I just, I got I to gotta wait and see what he looks like, you know, against these other guys. So a couple of matchups that I came up with that I would like to see him start out with at 170 were Tim the Dirty Bird Means and Nico the Hybrid Price. I think both of those fights would be like, they would first of all, they'd be fan-friendly, don't you think, Drea? Oh, for sure. I'd love to watch both of those. That would be great. I think they'd be really fan-friendly. There'd be a lot of stand-up. I think they're bo- all those guys are very gritty, you know, all three of them. Mm-hmm. They will put out a blood and guts kind of wars if 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 needed, right? I mean, I mean, they both are skill sets where they could finish the fight in a multitude of ways, but I just think that could, those could pose some of those matches. Plus, I think that would answer a lot of questions. I think that's the kind of matchup that could be like, great measuring sticks for how Dustin is going to do moving forward at 170. So RSP, you know, I'm kind of torn on that for the first part of your question, but for the second part, yeah, the two names I came up with, I'd like to see him go against first Tim dirty bird means and Nico hybrid price. So thank you so much, my dear friend from up in Canada way RSP. So Drea, we have rocked and rolled and careened our way through your section of this show. However, Thank God. Next week. <laughs> we have oh, fights. Yes, we'll have fights to break down and talk about the car. I'll have a drop of the night. Yes. Mm-hmm. We will get back to our regularly scheduled program. So thank you so much for hanging in there uh, this last few weeks with us. And you are awesome. And we appreciate you. And we will absolutely talk to you next week. All right. See you next week. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our voice questions. I know our first one comes from my dear friend Steve over at Headkick Audio. Steve, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Hey, what's up, Ryan? It's Steve from Headkick Audio. My question is kind of a long answer, so I'll keep the message short. Who do you think will be champ across all divisions by the end of 2021? Love the show. Keep doing what you do. Okay, bro. Let's get into it. Um, in the women's side at the 115-pound division, I've got uh, Wiley holding on to the belt. I think she'll still be the champion at the end of 2021. At 125, I've got Bullet Shevchenko holding on to the belt. At 135, I've got Amanda the Linus Nunez holding on to 135. And to the surprise of no one, the extremely shallow 145-pound female division, I've got Amanda holding her belt there as well. So for me, Steve, I've got everybody on the women's side retaining all through 2021. On the men's side, I kind of, you know, there's going to be some changes and there's some heart and some head picks. So at 125, I do think Figgy will still be the champion at the end of the year. My heart says Brandon Moreno, though, right? <laughs> like, I hope Brandon gets another shot and he gets it, but I think it'll be Figgy. Um, I think I think Jan is going to be the champion at the end of 2021 as well at 135, although my heart is kind of hoping that Aljo can kind of take it. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that one. Uh, at 145, here's kind of maybe the wild card. I think Zabit. Magomed Sharipov is going to be the champion at 145 at the end of this year. I know he's been pretty inactive as of late, but the dude is so tall. He is so talented. He is great everywhere. I got I got to go with Zabit. I think if Zabit gets a chance, he's going to be the champion at 145 at the end of the year. So there's the there's my pick on that one. Moving into lightweight, I've got Justin Gaethje being the champion in the 2021. But my heart is saying Dubronx. I hope Charles Oliveira can somehow get it done and uh, become the lightweight champion, but I believe in my head it's going to be Justin Gaethje. Uh, 170, I think it's going to be Kamaru Usman is going to retain all the way through 2021. My heart says Wonderboy, but I don't even know if he's going to be able to get a shot, so I think Kamaru is going to be the champion of the year. And then uh, at 185, Izzy, without a doubt, without a question in my mind, I think Izzy is going to be the middleweight champion at the end of 2021. My heart pick on that one would be Kevin Holland somehow gets a couple more wins and slides in and, you know, gets in there. But it's most I'm most confident about Izzy retaining uh, to be the champion at the end of 2021. Uh, moving into 205, I think Izzy has a great shot against uh, Jan, and I think he might be able to get it. My heart is for Yuri Prochaska to, or Prochaska to, uh, to somehow slide in at 205 and become a – become the light heavyweight champion. But I think Izzy, I think Izzy might be able to retain uh, both 185 and 205 throughout the year if he can get past uh, Jan. So that would be an amazing feat of his. Uh, and then Francis Ngannou at 265. I think Francis is going to beat Stipe when they rematch. I got Francis Ngannou being a long-time belt holder at 265. So those are my answers on both the, uh, on all the divisions of the UFC. So thank you very much, Headkick, my my dude. I appreciate you. Front, front man supreme of metal band Cutthroat Gorgeous. Super duper great guy. Thank you so much, Steve. Now, let's get into our second voice question. I believe it's our final one this week with Kairos from the Shots Fire Pod and his amazing YouTube channel. Kairos, what do you got for us this week, my brother? Hey, Rhino. Hey, Drea. This matchup has been on my mind for quite a while. It's Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kinney. Now, Dominic Cruz is my favorite fighter of all time. I feel like he, in my mind, I think this guy's going to win 30-27. But in my heart, I feel like at a certain point, fighters just are no longer in their prime. We can't expect them to be who we thought they were. Now, am I tripping to think that Dominic Cruz might lose this fight and then just retire? Or, I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine Dominic Cruz losing three in a row, but... 
it isn't 2008 anymore. What do you guys think? Yeah, dude, I actually love this matchup. I mean, I'll forever respect Dom's journey uh, to working his way back from those constant knee injuries that he's had throughout his career. I mean, uh, what an amazing feat just to even get back, let alone to get back at a high level. Uh, that being said, I definitely am a fan of Casey Kenny. I think he's a very tough matchup for Dom. Casey is 5-1 and one in the UFC and fought four times in 2020, winning them all, right? Dom has fought twice in four years and lost both. He's now 35 years old. He's got umpteen surgeries, not only on his knee, but he's had other um, you know, issues with injuries over the years, bad ones. Uh, I think the mileage on his body is probably, we're probably past the point of return, dude. I think if Casey manages to finish Dom, that'll be the end of Dom's career in the UFC. Uh, if Casey just beats him and it's close, I think we might be able to see Dom uh, fight again. But if Casey's able to finish him, I think that's a wrap. I don't think he'll be one who... Uh, leaves his gloves in the middle of the cage like some guys do and have like be this ceremonial kind of a thing. I don't think he'll do that, but I do think it'll be the last time we see him fight. But on the upside, you know, he prides himself as a very knowledgeable, and he is, he's a very knowledgeable guy as far as the sport, both the ins and the outs. So if that does happen, I still see Dom being a part of the UFC, uh, both on commentary and on the like, you know, breakdown shows and whatnot. Um, I do think he will retire if he gets finished you know, from competition, but I still think he'll be somebody we see on the, uh, like I said, like on the shows, I still think we'll see him behind the mic. So Tom Cruise isn't going anywhere from the company. But again, for I believe the fourth time I've said it, answer your question. If he gets finished by Casey Kenny, I think that's the last time we'll see him in the case. So Kairos, great question, my dude. Thank you so, so very much. All righty. Before we get into our interview with Josh Freemed, LFA middleweight, we got a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast lane, we've got ourselves a very special guest for us today. Joining us on going 10 rounds with Rhino is LFA middleweight Josh Freemed, one half of the upcoming January 30th LFA main event. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. Hey, not too bad. Hey, man, how you doing? We're all we're doing good. We're really excited to have you on, dude. I know we're uh, we're just about three weeks and some change away from the big LFA main event. We are all very much looking forward to. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and dive right in, Josh? Everybody knows who listens. My my first round for 10 rounds of Rhino is always the same. We love to know the backstory, like how you got started in this crazy, wacky world of MMA. <laughs> uh, well, uh, how I got started, I guess, would uh, 
would be with uh, a little bit of bullying in high school. You know, I got uh, I was uh, I played baseball, I played football, and then uh, I transferred from a private school to a public school. Got bullied a bit, and then that's when I started like looking up wrestling and looking up MMA gyms. And uh, about my senior year of high school, going into my freshman year of college, uh, I met this when I moved to college. I met this kid named Steve Mowry. And uh, we just hit it off and became really good friends, training partners. And he took me under his wing and showed me around Pittsburgh, introduced me to everyone. And that's just how I started. Tall Steve Mowry, another Tall proud Steve. another proud representative of the Rhino Gang. I had him on a few weeks ago. Very, very yeah, cool Yeah, that's guy. my dude. Oh, awesome, bro. So at 6-1, and one, Josh, you are very still young in your pro career. But you had a very good amount of Amy fights uh, which was 10, before turning pro. Where would you yeah. say that your biggest improvements have been from, like, amateur Josh to current Josh? Uh, I mean, obviously, the physical aspects, I, I've gotten a lot better with my skills. But the one thing that I'm very happy to say that I'm better at and still consistently working on is my mental game because I believe I have all the physical attributes to compete with anyone in this game. It's more my my mind that I want to continue to like reinforce and like be confident and just mentally being able to be confident in what I'm what my abilities actually are. Absolutely, and people love to hear that phrase. Like, oh, it's eighty percent mental and twenty percent physical. But until you actually are a professional fighter and you see the difference in the mental game, it's really hard to articulate to others how really important having confidence. And uh, that mental aspect of the game is. So I absolutely co-side on that, yeah. dude. Uh, so, Josh, you're from Pittsburgh, which is one of my absolute favorite places ever. I mean, I'm from Detroit. Pittsburgh That's is tough. just – yes, sir. Pittsburgh is just down the road. You know, I've been there many, many times. I've got some great friends in Johnstown, PA, which is right next yep. door to uh, to Pittsburgh. And uh, shout-out to Brock Call and Castle Boxing Club over there in Johnstown, PA. So what was your experience like growing up in Steel City? Oh, man, I loved it. Um you know, blue collar town, you know, I've just been, uh, I've been around and surrounded by just a bunch of hard, tough, gritty blue collar guys, you know, from all the way in high school to when I moved uh, to Pittsburgh for uh, college and everything, like just the likes of Isaac Greeley and Chris Dempsey, Dom Mazzotta, Kama Worthy, like all these guys in the Mark Cherico, all these guys who you know, were the ones before me, the guys who showed me the way when I was getting into it. Um, just they taught me what grit actually meant, you know, like there's a bunch of guys out there who are tough, but there's just a whole nother level of toughness that comes with being from Pittsburgh. Yeah, dude, that's why I think probably I've had such an affinity for it my whole life because it mirrors Detroit. You know yeah. what I mean? Total, total blue collar places right on the water. You have a very similar style of people uh, as far as hardworking and, and as far as just attitudes. Like I, I really feel like every time I'm there, I really just settle right in because it's just like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm amongst my people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next one, dude, and just your second pro fight. Now, this is crazy. Your second pro fight, you go from fighting in regional promotions to fucking Bellator, dude. One of the biggest, <laughs> brightest lights that there is in all MMA promotions for just your second pro fight. Can yeah. you kind of walk us through that experience? Like, what was that like? Did it feel like you were getting walking the plank or pushed off a cliff? Like, what was that like for you? No, nah, dude, it it was awesome. It was, it was such a weird time and how it all developed. Like, I tried moving down to Florida 
um, at that, like, a little bit before I got that fight offered to me. I tried moving down to Florida. Um, I ran into some legal trouble up in Pittsburgh, and there was a huge uh, hurricane that came through that flooded out um, my friend of, and I's Airbnb, so I had to go back up to Pittsburgh. I grabbed an apartment close to where I got a job, and a few weeks later, my coach hits me up with this, like, hey, they're having a Bellator card in State College in um, Penn State. Uh, we're trying to get you on. They have enough money to book one more fight. And, you know, at the time, I'm working with at-risk youth kids uh, in a juvenile facility, and I'm, I'm pumped. I'm like, Bellator, yes, let's go. I don't care who it is. Let's go. I believe that if I can get on the big stage and have all those lights, I will do tremendous because I believe the more lights there are, the more pressure there is, the better I perform. And the whole thing about it was amazing. Like, I, I got to go up there with friends. There was a big crowd, obviously. I got to meet Ryan Bader, like – Every, it was just an awesome experience. I got to go train in the Penn State wrestling room because my uh, coach at the time had very close ties to them. And the whole experience was amazing. <clears throat> I didn't feel like I was getting fed to anyone, you know, because it was both the guy that I got matched up with was uh, one. In, no, he was turning pro, but he had a very good amateur career. He was the number one guy in Virginia. We're both we were both really tall. I just felt like I had better wrestling and uh you know, I, I had a great night. I came out a little skittish, you know, in the first round. But after that, I took it to him and then I choked him out. So it was a great experience. I wish I had video of the fight. You know, they didn't record my fight. I don't know what, but maybe budget or whatever timing. But the very next fight was uh, Taiwan Claxton and, you know, his viral flying knee knockout. And uh, I thought I did enough, you know, good performance that I could talk to someone about maybe getting a contract. But then he went and did that. And I was like, mm, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the you already mentioned, like, you're both, you're a tall dude, dude, six foot four. That's a yeah. big one. That's a big one. Eighty five or long frame. Uh, now, you're still pretty young. But do you think that at some point you'll ever want to move up to two oh five? Or do you think one eighty five is home for the remainder of your career? I'll definitely move up. You know, eventually I will move up. This metabolism that I, this ridiculous metabolism I have right now isn't gonna, you know, stay that way forever. Um, I do envision myself going up to 205 eventually in my career, but I want to do it the right way. I don't want to come off a couple losses and then decide to do it. Um, I want to do it at the right time because I'm staying away from lifting super heavy. You know, like I'm lifting to be a fighter. I'm not lifting to be a bodybuilder. So. I remember when I was playing football, like I'll put on the weight once I start lifting heavy. But if I can keep myself low, keep myself skinny now, I'm going to keep it that way. Sure, dude. Uh, you talked about when we, you and I were messaging the other night. You said that you are now uh, in Colorado doing some training in Colorado, right? Um, yes. But you, you spent a lot of your time at the Ameri All-American MMA Academy in Connellsville, PA. Uh, yes. we'd, love to give, we'd love to give our gyms, the gyms of these fighters, some shine and some uh, love on the show when we have people on. So can you tell us about All-American MMA Academy and kind of what it meant to you for, uh, for your career? Uh, yeah, so um, there's a whole big, long backstory that I won't get into. But uh, at one point when I first in high school, when I started doing my research, it was once called uh, Uniontown Fight Club. And uh, some things happened in a couple of years past, and now it's uh, All-American MMA Academy. It's ran, by, it's ran by the GOAT, Nick Brown, uh, who is my all-time favorite training partner. He was one of my first training partners. To this day, I feel like he's an older brother to me. 
Um, that gym, it just taught me, it, it embodied what I've always has been taught my entire life through wrestling and whatnot. Like, I don't need a big fancy gym. I just need a place to sweat and bleed. And that was that place for me. And it really, it was a great place to start, you know. Um, I went from All-American to Matt Factory when I moved to college. And then I've been out here in Colorado for two years now. And, like, it's just, the, it grew. It made me grow so much. You go through stages when you go, you know, throughout your career. And you always have to level up. And starting at All-American was the best thing for me because it gave me a base, gave me a platform to move up to the next one you know yeah absolutely dude uh january 2nd josh we are talking january 2nd january i believe it's 30th is mm -hmm. your next fight where you're fighting in the main event of lfa 98 versus eight and two brazilian fighter bruno Oliveira. um what are some of the challenges you think that he possesses and some things he's been working on just to kind of be ready for that he brings to the table that you're going to need to counteract um january 29th but yeah, I'm I'm excited. You know, he's going to bring a lot of challenges for me. You know, uh, he's a great stand-up. He's a great Muay Thai guy. Very long, lanky, just, excuse me, just like me. But I don't think that he has the skill I have. Um, I know he's older. I know he's been in this game a little bit longer than me. But that doesn't mean a thing to me because I work with uh, such great guys out here. Like, just to, the number one guy that I love working with is Dustin Jacoby and his kickboxing, he was a glory champion. He was like ran through glory. And I, I believe that my stand up, my boxing, my movement, my pace, especially my pace, it's just going to be too much for him. You know, I, I'm sure he's going to get his shots and I, I'm not going to walk out without getting punched in the face, I'm sure. But I just feel like my skill set's going to, and my, my aggression, my pace that I'm going to put on him, it's just going to be too much. Yeah, dude, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Uh, Josh, your methods of victory in the cage are all over the map. Various submissions, the TKOs with either punches, knees to decisions. What's what's your most satisfying way to win? Do you like a long, drawn-out battle where you win by decision? Do you love a quick KO, or are they all just kind of the same? They're, they're all kind of the same. You know, obviously the last two fights that I've had, very fast knockouts and which I'm not going to complain about. I got in, I got out, I was healthy. I made some money. Um, there's been a couple rear naked chokes that I've sunk in with. Those are super satisfying when you can just feel you're crushing someone's neck and you hear their breathing. <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a little more intimate than knocking someone out. And I don't know, I'm a little sadistic when it comes to it. So it, I like those a little bit more. A little bit sadistic goes a long way in the fight game, my man. <laughs> so um, I've got round nine is almost always our obligatory food question. I love at least incorporating one food question in every 10 rounds of Rhino. Now, being from the Pittsburgh area, Pittsburgh landmark restaurant, Permonte Brothers. Man, we, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you've been there a time or 20 in your life. A couple. What, <laughs> what do you go with at Permonte Brothers? What's the order du jour for my oh, man, Josh Friend? I like to go with the the roast beef with the coleslaw and the fries on top. That with extra tomatoes, some extra pickles, you know, throw those on there. And you got to have some Heinz ketchup on it. 
a guy from Pittsburgh who's losing Heinz. I can't, I can't imagine why. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad you corrected me. I had written down, I think on my first page, January 29th, but on the second page, I think I wrote January 30th for some dumbass reason. So yes, it is January <laughs> no 29th. Yes, sir. So it is January 29th for LFA 98 that you're going to be fighting on UFC Fight Pass. Josh, let everybody in the Rhino gang know where we can check you out. Like, let, Give us your socials so we can follow Josh Framed and his next fight, the fight after that, and we can kind of follow in your career. Oh, for sure, man. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, they're all the same. Josh Framed, my name. Uh, on Instagram, you can just add Josh Framed MMA. Uh, those, are my, those are my handles. That's fucking great, dude. So once again, we really, we really appreciate you coming on, and I can't wait to uh, – See you on January 29th on UFC Fight Pass versus Bruno Oliveira. Uh, it's the main event, folks. It's 185 pounds. It's going to be exciting. We, we got we got Muay Thai. We got we're going to have stuff on the ground. It's going to be everywhere. I'm really really looking forward to. It. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us with 10 rounds of Rhino today, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me, man. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. This is Josh Friend, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, that was great getting getting to know Josh on this one, dude. He. You know, he's somebody I'd, I'd seen only fight once previously. Um, I really like the guy. 6'4 at 185 is very, very tall. He's very rangy. He fights tall. He uses it well. I'm really stoked to see him fight on January 29th for uh, for LFA 98 in the main event. I think that's going to be a really cool fight. His his opponent, Bruno Oliveira, is going to be a really tough, interesting matchup to see how it works out. What a great guy. I really, really enjoyed talking to him. So I hope you guys all checked that out and enjoyed it as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into our shout-outs. Big, big thank you to everyone who participated in the Q&A today. Steffi Bundy. <laughs> Inside jokes. Shaylin. Juice. My bro, my buddy Holman uh, from the Holman Sale. RSP. Head Kick from Head Kick Audio. Kairos from the Shots Fire Pod. And... His amazing YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much. Also want to shout out some great friends of the show, some other members of the Rhino Gang, Scott Nolan, APB, D Crons, Jim Assoon, fucking casuals, <laughs> Lantham Brown, Miss Fight Diva, my homie Mr. B from over there in New York, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, my 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 boxing go-to man, Brat from over there in Steven. The Scream Queen Supreme, Sin City Sarah, all the homies of the MCCI, Ashley the Maynard, Pokemama, and everybody else from the Rhino Gang who participates and who is a supporter of the show. Can't tell you, Angel from Shark Division, can't tell you how much you guys mean to me, man. Really, really does. Every week it warms my heart. I appreciate it. Uh, of course, to the Triple D, Drea, D Reigns, and Dave Fretz, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, and at uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. Check his stuff out. He's the Iron Center Graphic Design. Uh, everybody, I really appreciate you guys, honestly. Uh, doing this is not always easy, but you guys make it easier every time. I love bringing content every week. I will not take weeks off unless it's an absolute and absolutely necessary. So every week, I really, really appreciate you guys. I want you guys all to be safe out there. Please keep your social distance. Wear your masks in public or in places of gatherings. Uh, I really, I, I want everybody to be safe during this. We're, I think we're getting get through this together man just be kind uh black lives matter and we will see you next week K-Sun!